What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. We are live again just after we did our last special doing the Suns and the Mavs. These are our last two teams. We're talking about the Mavs. No, not the Mavs. You're talking about the Warriors and the Grizzlies. We are going on hour two here, so let's see if we can uh, we can keep up our good form, our playoff form, shall we? But first and foremost, everybody, thank you for making us your home for talking about the NBA. We're excited to finally wrap up our series doing these previews. Make sure you find us on YouTube. Make sure you find us on any podcast platform. Make sure you find us on TikTok. We got some good content out there as well. We're going to keep it going throughout the NBA season, and we're going to finish off our preview here. So Ronan, got to talk about the champs. Got to talk about the Warriors. And maybe you have a little bit more takes to go through in the uh, whole Draymond pool situation. I, I'm, a, I'm a little... Uh, I'm a little tired of it at this point, but did do you have any final takes to to go through as we get into the season here? I mean, like we gotta we, we do we do have to mention that you're kind of thinking it, it feels like it it's finished. They seem to have sorted it out uh, themselves. He got his fine. I saw a few things where there's like stuff where he's not gonna be allowed to pick the movie on uh, flights for like six months or something like that. I don't know if that's a big deal for. I don't know if that's the jitter. If that's really a big deal for Draymond, I don't really know. <laughs> that can't be real. <laughs> oh my oh, god! Man. You never know how much of big of impact that could have on Draymond. Uh, on Draymond, you know. But, it, but it, what it, movie was? What movies do you think he's 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 putting on? Do you, do you think he's a what a Lord of the Rings guy? Or is he a sci-fi guy? You think he's a fantasy I, guy? Maybe I, he's a. I, I could see him on a sci-fi fantasy sort of buzz. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see him being the guy who watches three hundred. Like he's putting three hundred on the plane every time. Yeah, yeah, that's actually those. very true. I actually could. Yeah, definitely, he seems like a three hundred guy. I, I could definitely see that. But in terms of uh, in terms of the whole situation, I also heard that a Curry apparently was just being, being, being Curry, being the lead guy. He 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 made sure to organize some clear the air talks among among the team. So he was being the right leader there. Green got his fine, no suspension. But now it's just a question of the mentality of Jordan Poole. Can he just forgive and forget? And then the questions also there is the guys that are on his side, can they kind of forgive or forget? Because you know there's probably a couple of guys who are thinking it's pretty outrageous what Draymond did and like maybe he, the punishment should have been worse. And if Poole isn't able to accept that he's apologized and he's going to come back into the team, will they have that on their minds as well? That's the only real thing where I think it could have a, a lasting impact on the team as the season starts to go on. Well, it seems like based on what Steve Kerr has said that, you know, Poole is being, very mature about it and he's he's accepted his apology and just wants to move on and and work things out on the court and Draymond is saying how he still has love for Poole and how one it was very quick to remind everybody that he was one who supported him from from day one um and what what if what have we learned from this whole debacle that you know any any news reporting that you get straight from the Warriors is definitely exactly what is happening behind the scenes right Right, that right is it? Definitely right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just a minor scuffle until TMZ. I don't know. That's that's for Pool to say himself, man. I don't know. Like I, I want to, I want to buy it because it's Steve Kerr talking. Um, I, I thought it's interesting to kind of to think about it from a moral standpoint because you know I, I think you know Steve Kerr has done a lot to 
to use this platform to to talk about morals and, and politics and things like that. And it's tough when you have one of your leaders clock one of your young guys on the team. I think Jordan, I mean, Jordan's Draymond's young guy. I mean, that that was one thing that was kind of pointed out. Um, I'm blanking on who on who did point this out. Um, I want to say it was maybe uh, Stefan Marbury, I think. But I think the, the key point for me that really shook me about this whole thing is that Number one, he wanted to hurt him. Yeah. He was very clear. And this wasn't like a mutual kind of fight thing. And it was, it was Jordan Poole. Like that was his guy. And I, I believe Draymond when he says that, because he's always been a, a Jordan Poole guy. So for him to go after him, it just felt kind of crazy. But that, that's for Poole to come out and say himself. I, I, if we don't hear from him at all, you can only speculate and this is just going to be something that we see all season long anytime pool hits a shot is we're going to be watching for Draymond. is he dapping him up is he celebrating with him you know like is is that is that going to be a thing but it's insane that there's just no repercussions at all zero none yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's the weirdest, the weirdest aspect of it all, and you have to think the fine probably wasn't anything too serious as well, because it seemed like it came from within the Warriors. So it's a, yeah, it's a very kind of it. It almost feels like it's it, it it's all ended too smoothly, and that like something else is going to have to to come out about it. But let's let's get into talking more actual basketball. What's actually going to happen? Hopefully, on the court, obviously Warriors again. They come back and win it all again, like the dicks that they are. They just, they just can't, they just can't stop being good, you know. And then uh, they ultimately finished third last year. Obviously, they had the hot start, and then when we saw Draymond get injured and a few other guys get injured, they kind of dropped off a bit and kind of just went and did the the championship uh, sort of thing, where they just kind of dropped off for the last bit of the the regular season to make sure that they were fully fledged and at one hundred percent when it goes into the the most important time, which was the playoffs, and they absolutely were. So talking of one guy who was involved in that, Draymond Green, do you think there's any signs that he's on the decline? I yeah. mean, yeah, I think, is it just about the time on the floor or is it what he's doing on the floor as well? There's those signs are there as well. It's it's absolutely the, and and you mentioned it, like him being out last season, that's that's a very important time to evaluate the team as a whole because when he was out and Curry's starting to get gassed like that that's where it was like whoa this this is a very different team without Draymond this is a very very mediocre good team like they could not could not get stops they could not get organized on offense like you'd want um and I think the signs are clearly there just in terms of what green can do offensively look at the playoffs like he had some real if the warriors do not win the championship a lot of the talk this offseason is about draymond being done because he looked very ineffective out there at times in terms of uh on on the offensive end defensively i mean he's proven that he's still he's still absolutely um one of the best defenders in this league Mm -hmm. straight up and it's just about him staying healthy and that's not been something that he's been able to do consistently the past few years. And that, again, that's just an age thing. So, you know, kind of similar to what we were talking about with Chris Paul, you know, we, if we assume health, obviously this, this Warriors team is going to be amazing. And you can assume some growth as well with some of their young guys. We have to think about what they can do 
to have Draymond insurance. And they're not going to find any player that's going to replicate what Draymond does because the way that he synergizes with Curry, with their shooters, with the system that they've developed is something that I don't think anyone else in the league, maybe except a Ben Simmons type of guy, a big who can, who can pass in the short role and, and just knows how to get people open like that. But what else can they branch out and do? Cause there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of variability and what they could bring offensively when he wasn't on the court, when Curry wasn't on the court. And that's where I think we should start talking about the young guys. Do we see some serious, meaningful growth? That wasn't like the, you know, that every, all the young guys were like the, 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 the winning cigar, like he, Warriors are just blowing out a team by like 15, 20 points in the fourth quarter. And then you bring out Kaminga, throws down a couple dunks, and that's that's great. That's really fun. But then Kaminga started to play some minutes in the playoffs. And he looked really effective against the Grizzlies, um, a team that I think they're going to continue to to rival in the West and in the playoffs. But uh, there's also Moody. There's also, I think, most importantly, Wiseman. Are any of these guys going to become important pieces of this team to make up for times where you don't have Draymond, times where you don't have Curry. I mean, you're looking at it and you're thinking that Kaminga and Wiseman are going to have the best opportunity to really develop this year. If you think that like Moody is arguably the third or even fourth choice guard at, at this moment, but then you need like Kaminga being able to take a, a, a jump this season would be absolutely huge for the Warriors and Wiseman coming back, you hope that he's healthy. How long uh, I haven't actually watched any of Golden State in in, uh, in the preseason. I haven't seen what sort of level that he's been at, but it's great to see him back out on an NBA floor. And you're thinking he had he, he had those flashes. He only he's only played 39 games in in the NBA, and you're thinking now what sort of level can he get back to in a year where he's coming off of a, a full season out of play that's they they that's the guy with the big question mark maybe he has the most talent but he's also got the the most question marks in terms of uh health and what he can really do so when i look at the young guys it's it's kaminga's the guy i look at and thinking he can be the guy who can uh who can take that little bit of a step and be that kind of difference maker that actually plays meaningful minutes on the team i I, I disagree, actually. I, I, I liked Kaminga's game. I love what he does defensively, for sure. I think he's, out of all of them, he's the most versatile defender. And probably if we're just talking about, you know, if everyone's healthy, then that's what matters the most is, you know, which of these guys can be can bring versatile defense, which in those minutes in the playoffs, that's going to matter more than them getting a bucket. That's what you have Curry and, and Thompson out there for. Um but I actually think Moody, at least in the preseason, has shown more growth. If, if you like just watching uh, the minutes that they've played, I think Kaminga is still, you know, a downhill. He needs someone to set him up. I mean, he, with, if you give him space and he has a lane, I mean, that's that's where he can attack and really do damage in the paint. Um, but just his comfort level with the ball in his hands, creating from the perimeter still doesn't seem to be there. Like he he's still very. Uh, right-hand dominant and you know he wants to get to the post and I think his imp- his improvement could come from him bullying switches if he can get onto guards and play in the post but Moody has kind of surprised me in like what he can do um off the dribble that's not something that was really on the scouting report like we weren't 
thinking of him getting drafted to the Warriors to do stuff off the dribble, but he's shown plenty of flashes of that uh, in the preseason and in uh, summer league. And I think that that is, that's, that's another piece of the puzzle here is as you, we begin to bridge to the next generation, as, as Bob Myers likes to, to say that this is the generational bridge, you know, who, who's going to be the guy that can create from the perimeter. Cause I don't, I don't see it in Kaminga right now. And that's a super big jump for me that there isn't that, that creativity off the dribble that he has, or at least as feels comfortable having on the court and Moody, I, I think has, has shown that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's definitely fair. I, my, my only thing that was just the, the, the pecking order within the team in terms of at, at the guard position, that's what might just yeah. hold Moody back that little bit, but then you're also, Neither of us have mentioned really Wiseman. Wiseman's the kind of guy that yeah, almost think he's the guy who's gonna get the most opportunity, and he's also a guy that can they almost need the most out of because you're kind of thinking there's no way that Kevin Looney can produce like he did last year. Like he was he was pretty phenomenal uh, last season, Kevin Looney, what he did in both the regular season and in the playoffs. I would be really shocked if he comes anywhere close to to replicating that this 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 year. Why? I I, I just don't think he's. Are you a loony hater? Are you a loony hater? You're a loony hater. That's 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 a crazy take. After all the after all the praise that we gave Looney, you're just gonna you're just gonna hit reset and and go back to your your casual loony takes. Come on, man. Oh, You're better man. than that. He was he was unbelievable, but I think he was playing. He's defending Jason Tatum one on one. He he defended anybody one on one. He was probably like he was probably one of the best switch defenders in the playoffs last year. I am not taking away anything that Looney did last year, but you you talked about it even with Dallas, like how they can can they sustain it? I don't think he can sustain that level again over another season, over another title chasing season i don't think he's going to be able to sustain that level if he's starting the whole way i feel like he's just started getting recognition for doing something that he's been doing for a while and now that there there's more opportunity for it that you know that's that just became more apparent on the national stage in the playoffs because you know without kevin durant you know then you finally have more minutes at the at the five they played a lot of a lot of small ball with Durant at the five. Looney's not really super necessary there. He's just kind of an additional piece. But without him, you know, nobody cared what he was doing with the when the Warriors are losing. Now that they're good, you can see what he can do defensively. I, I think he I think he's gonna get a lot of credit to continue doing it this year. I think he'll prove he'll prove to the league this year that that wasn't just like a oh, that was a nice storyline. I mean he's going to be looked at as one of the best defensive fives in the league because of what he can do in switching. And I, I believe that really strongly, but I, I think that's also a problem in terms of their, their pecking order. Cause that's what matters to the young guys is how can they actually get minutes? You know, Looney's going to be a consistent defender whenever you put him on the floor, when you put Looney on the floor, your defense gets better point blank period. Wiseman. That's going to be a big question mark. When you look at his frame, you look at what, athletically he can do if you just looked up his blocks and watch those highlights you're like oh my god this guy's gonna be such a good defender but when you look at him on the floor he's still he's still figuring it out and it obviously matters that he wasn't able to get on the floor and play meaningful games last year but 
that's going to be still a steep learning curve for, for, um, for Wiseman. And if Looney's going to continue to be that good, it's going to be tough to justify giving Wiseman minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's definitely fair. I mean, it, I, uh, like just like Andrew Wiggins did last year, maybe maybe Looney can go ahead and just shut me right the hell up with his uh with his. We'll make an all star team this, 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 sure. this, this year too. But it's gonna be interesting to think of what their their starting five is gonna be. I mean, you think of another young guy in Jordan Poole. Is he gonna yeah. become a starter this year? I mean, he started fifty one games last year, but now with Clay back for the for the full year, do they? try and work in the three of them with Clay, Steph, and Poole. And then what do you maybe does does Draymond play at the, the five then? And then you have Wiggins in at the four. Is that the, the uh, 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 something that we're going to see? Or do they just lay it out with Poole and say, you're going to start some games, but when we are at full strength, you're going to be coming off the bench? That's... Yeah, I mean, that that's a really good point, and and to to zoom out and on that particularly, like whoever's going to get the starting spot, that's going to have really serious downstream effects for these uh, young players. Because if if that's a decision, it's okay. Pool is is good enough that we need to have him in the starting lineup. So push Draymond down to the five, and you push Wiggins down to the four. That's a lot less time for Wiseman. That's that's less time for for Kaminga. Um, if you're keeping Pool on the bench, I think you're giving a little bit more time to those two. Um, but then you're giving less time, like you're saying, to Moody. So there's a, there's a big balancing act here in in this uh, proverbial generational bridge. And this is this is easy. This is like this is not an easy problem to have because you don't you don't want to miss out on your on your talent and it's going to be interesting with Thompson too. I mean, Clay Thompson obviously contributed to their championship last year, but it, I don't know. Am I, am I crazy to say that? I feel like at times Jordan Poole is a more important player offensively. No, I think, think that that would be fair based, but obviously on at times, whole, yeah, at times, at times, yeah, at times for sure. Yeah. Like Clay Thompson wasn't consistently like, okay, that no, no brainer. This guy needs to be getting more touches. There, there are times where, you know, he, was pushing, he was forcing it. And that's just a product of getting back in the court. Um, maybe this season we see a fully comfortable, healthy Clay Thompson. But it it's definitely it's that Poole said it, he's earned it. He he he's the veteran, he should be there. But there will be times that you know if Clay's not reaching that pinnacle of efficiency, you know, not that he would ever come off the bench, but just in terms of minutes, like there are other guys to develop here. Like Moses Moody, if they believe in him, he's get out there. They they have they have a motivation to get these guys involved, and that that's a question that has to be answered, especially in the regular season where you know you, you want to save these guys for the playoffs. Do you kind of shrink their minutes back a bit? So the the rotation is going to be interesting in, in how they get these guys involved. I mean, the starting lineup. I I think I think at the end of the day, I just rather have Pool off the bench to to maintain. You know, if, if we're just talking about getting wins, I, I think you'd want to have Poole coming off the bench because that's a that's a steady, consistent um, role for him. Yeah, yeah, I think that, I think that's true. I think maybe this year it, it'll be right, and I, and it depends on 
on his mentality as well. I mean, this is him coming into his fourth fourth year, isn't it? And th- like yeah. last year was kind of his major his major breakout year. But you're thinking, what's his mentality going to be? Can he be accepting of being playing more of a bench role and being on a team, obviously that won the title last year and is going to be competing for the title this year, or is he going to be the type that? believes he's ready to be a starter and maybe we'll try to push push the realms of that we'll, we'll come to see but you have to think with a guy that the fact he's been around this team he'll be the guy he knows that he can succeed in this role and he'll be happy to be on a team that's that is uh up at the very top in the nba yeah i guess the fundamental question here with pool that really does matter um when you think about their future and what they should be doing in this rotation like what's his ceiling what what is his ceiling? I mean, you're talking like the other word is obviously because he's a warrior. Everyone's saying that he's the next stop. next coming of don't, Steph. That's what they're saying. No, come on, no, stop. because he's a warrior. Because he's a warrior. Can we can we can we not know, give know, them can we not give them any any platform I mean, here? What, what do you he, actually think? Though? He has got the ability. I'm not saying he's going to be the uh, a Steph Curry level ability, but he has definitely got the ability to be a starting level guard in this league. If he's playing as a two guard alongside a legit playmaking point guard, I think he he has a really bright future in this league. But if he's playing in a backcourt where he's been relied on to create and score, then maybe he's not going to be a guy who's going to be helping lead teams to to playoffs on a consistent basis. So yeah, so is he a is he a Jamal Murray, Zach Levine, Devin Booker level? And Devin Booker obviously I think is better than those two. Um but that level of like a starting star guard. Yeah. Or yeah, I, I think he's at that level, yeah. You think he's at that level. Okay. So like that that's his ceiling. That that's that's what he should shoot for. Mm-hmm. I mean it and that that's where things get tricky because like I, I don't think that's outrageous. I think at his age and his growth and what he's shown, especially you know, at, at times in the playoffs, to do it consistently is another story for him. But that changes things, you know. I'm sure he believes it, but that changes things if this season he shows that. Yeah. He shows that and he um performs that way in the playoffs. Do the Warriors? I mean, it, they haven't extended him. Do the Warriors change their future based on that development? That that's that's kind of a big question. Like, where where does where does that go? Yeah, like that's that's a that's going to be an interesting one. I mean, there's lots of the, the Warriors. It's, it's all sorts of different things with the different extensions and that that's coming up for the Warriors. They're, they're, like it, after this year, I think it could, there is going to have to be some major, major decisions to be made. But I think they would be extremely, extremely brave to not bet on Jordan Poole. I think that would be a, a very brave move on their part to not to not bet on him and, and, and extend him with the Warriors. But yeah, I mean, if he's on the brink of that, because he he may maybe he doesn't show it maybe he gets yeah. incrementally better but like for him because he's not gonna have that spotlight when you have the warrior system there mm-hmm. he's not gonna have that spotlight but say things come to a halt and he enters free agency 
like his market could be huge. Yeah. His market could be huge. And that would be very, 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 very fascinating if you see, <laughs> I'm just thinking in the future, maybe this is our segue, but a team like the Grizzlies could clear enough cap to, to sign a guy like him to a big contract next season. No, if, if things they, don't end up working. They're, they're not doing that. They got they got their duo in the backcourt there. I don't think they they be doing something like that. I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just spit I'm literally just spitballing. But to to think about what what this team's gonna do at the end of the season, because you know we, we could we could talk about how good they're gonna be because yeah, I Warriors are gonna be great. They're they're gonna be at the top of the league, especially with with Steph Curry. But this is all extracurricular. Like what thinking into the future, what is this season gonna determine? And I think the Jordan Poole thing is the very serious uh, thing. Like you don't want to miss out on that long-term talent. If Jordan Poole ends up being a top 20 player um, for the next five, six years, if he, if he's that talented offensively, I mean, I, I personally think that he's more like a super high end, like Jamal Crawford type player. Like he's, he's going to be a six man of the year type guy every year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he has enough defensively to, and in terms of reliable playmaking to do that as a starter at a star level. But I think I could easily be wrong. Like if, if you're ceiling, you're telling me like, he's going to be like a Zach Levine level, like scorer, Jamal Murray level score like that. I can see that for sure. Like I'd be happily be wrong, but what do the Warriors do with that? That's a big question this year. Yeah. Well, that's why they, that's why they're, that's why they're one of the top dolls, one of the best run franchises. They make, they usually make the right decision, but uh, in terms of this year, do you, do you view them as legitimate favorites to go and win the ring again? Or is it more so because they are the defending champions? For me, I think it's, they're one of the top two favorites, I think among most the media personalities and most, amongst most bookmakers because they are the defending champs. I don't know if it's as legit as after some of their, uh, some of their previous reigns. I, let's let's be specific then so like are we gonna say that they're favored over the clippers because i i think that that's our top two if i had to if i had to on the spot pick a top tier in the west like odds on favorite you, you got to pick between the clippers and the and the warriors so who are you yeah. picking I mean, right now you have to you have to technically get to the Warriors, but I think if that came came to head to head, I think they were playing in the Western Conference Finals. Both teams are healthy. I think the the Clippers could could do a job with them. I also think a fully healthy Bucks team could still could still would still be favorites ahead ahead of uh, ahead of the Warriors. I, I think, yeah, and we're including the the East. If you include the East, then it's it's tough. like what if what if the Nets put everything together? And that's the, the Nets are just the, the worst nuance to all these conversations because like if they put everything together, then they're just like the best team in the in the league. Um, but I mean, again, the Celtics. I think the Celtics are still have that talent to to be there. 76ers technically, I think, have the talent to be there. But just talking about the West, um, not so comparing to the rest of the league, the Warriors have the lowest floor of a championship favorite and i think the highest ceiling of all these championship favorites the highest ceiling because we love talking about best case scenario this guy just does this this guy just does that what what could happen and obviously none of these things come together but 
we just talked about Thompson. If we see Thompson being more comfortable on the court after, I mean, you only had a few months to get sorted and to get back into form. If you, if you have confidence in him, he's getting better this season. He's getting back to form. Steph Curry showing that he still has MVP in him. Andrew Wiggins just proved to us that he is a legitimate championship contributor. Like he, yeah. is he, is he an all-star player? No, but he is a, he is a legit, he's, do I say star? He, he, he played like a star, defensively played like a star. He deed up everyone in the playoffs. He deed up the best player on the best teams in the playoffs and led them defensively to a championship and contributed when needed offensively. Like he did his job. Like he is, he is, a, he's a star. He was an all-star. He's a star. Andrew Wiggins is a star on this team. Draymond Green, when he's healthy, I mean, th- this team is, it is defensively and offensively a juggernaut. And that, that's a weak link. That's where the floor comes in for me is if, if Draymond goes down, they have not proven that they have another way to figure things out. But if he's healthy and then you saw Kevon Looney, what he did in the playoffs, and then behind them, you have all these young guys. We just talked about how Jordan Poole could, could reach another level. And we are seeing the development of Moses Moody and sticking in the backcourt. They added Dante DiVincenzo, which I, I said it when they signed him, like he's going to be like a how did we let the Warriors get him kind of guy. He's going to be perfect. You saw how, how we played. Um, it's, it was a preseason game, sure. It's one half. Um, that really mattered when they're playing all their starters except for Dame. But they ran Dante DiVincenzo at the point, and this dude racked up a double-double. He racked up 10 assists. And he was he was playing the pick-and-roll beautifully with James Wiseman. And you saw Moses Moody, how creative he can be this, this preseason as a, as a creator. You're high on Jonathan Kaminga. All these young guys could pop. And they won't pop all together. Yeah, that's true. But they have... We talked about how deep the Clippers are. The Warriors are deep, and they have guys that they could argue could develop into stars. Maybe not stars this year, but developing stars, rising stars this year. And you just won a championship. Is this not potentially the scariest team in the league just because of that alone? And again, maybe Draymond gets hurt, and all these young guys aren't ready, and they don't know how to play without Draymond. Their defense sucks, and they were like, oh, are they still contenders, blah, blah, blah. But the other side of that coin is these things coming together and they just have the most potential to just be a insanely deep, insanely athletic, can shoot from anywhere, can switch anything. And then James Wiseman all of a sudden comes out of nowhere, then they can play the pick and roll with Steph Curry. And this is just endless sources of you being upset that the Warriors are just the best team in the league again. <laughs> yeah, that, well, you've, uh, you, you've definitely put up a good argument there. You might just have convinced me that I have to be depressed about how good the Warriors are for another <laughs> season. But, uh... it's, it's time for you just to accept it. Except that the Warriors are just gonna they're yeah, gonna I enter the I, new dynasty. I think I think I think I'm finally uh, starting to come around to it. But what about uh, what about your boys from last year, the the Memphis Grizzlies? Uh, where what what's gonna happen with them this year? Obviously, unbelievable last season. Finished 56 and 26, second best record in the Western Conference. Got to the second round of the playoffs. They were top five in both offensive and defensive rating. John Morant was just un- unbelievable. One most improved player. T- basically 27, 6, and 7 player improved in his shooting. And then in the playoffs, he, he was looking great. They looked good in the first round. Then they almost matched the Warriors. Obviously, it was only six games, but they managed to, to really match up pretty well with them. Even when John Morant, like they lost John Morant after three games, they were only 2-1 down. 
And in that time, he was averaging 38 points, uh, eight, I think it was eight, eight rebounds and seven assists and uh, three steals a game. He was playing absolutely outrageous hero ball. And then they still managed to blow out the Warriors by 39 points after losing um, after losing Jamarant. Now you're just kind of looking at it and thinking, was them looking like they were a great match for the Warriors? Was that real or was that or was real. that fake? It was real. Real, real. absolutely real. Because they did it all regular season. They did it the, the year before. Well, again, do we count the year before that when the, the Warriors are garbage? But they, they've proved that. I think they've proved enough. Absolutely. And to take it a step further, John Morant, if John Moran does not get hurt and they they keep up the intensity, I think you could you could argue that they they make it to the finals and that they have a chance to win the title. And that they're 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 moments away. Like they they weren't like that when the Mavs got to the Warriors, like there was just a clear it was a bad matchup. That was not a team that they were ready to beat. They they gave everything and they just couldn't put it together. The, the Grizzlies were quarters away, like a couple quarters away from winning that series. Um, and that's how close they were. And it's really disappointing me how they dealt with the offseason. Because I think that was real last season. And I don't think they did enough. I mean, what what do you if you had to if you had to give them a grade for, for their offseason, what are you giving them? I'm gonna say I'm gonna give him a C, a C minus. Minus, okay, yeah, C minus. I'd, I'd be right around there. Be right around a C minus. I mean, it, like they didn't. They, they, their their major addition is uh, was Danny Green, and he's likely <laughs> out. He's like gonna be out for the entire season, and they lost. Their major addition was Kenny Lofton Jr. Actually, I'll have you <laughs> oh, know. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. And then uh, they lost Kyle Anderson. They lost DeAndre Melton. They lost Cover. They're all gone. Obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr. That's injury that had to be dealt with, so he's out now, possibly four to four to six months. That that began that was from July, so obviously he's eaten into a bit of that time. But that one they can't really put too much blame on them. But they 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 lost some key parts of their rotation in the off season, and they weren't really brave enough to go and make a move like we saw certain teams like the Hawks, like the Timberwolves, go out and do. Yeah, I, I, it's tough when you look at this at those guys and just be like, oh, like it's not a big deal. It's just Kyle Anderson, just D'Anthony Melton. Like, but these guys really matter. Yeah. These guys really matter. This team was a defense first mentality team. They brought it on the defensive end, and that honestly, that's what led to their success for the most part. I mean, John Moran obviously is is a fantastic player, but, but we all, it's well documented how well they played without him. And that started with their defensive intensity. And you look at what those three guys brought, obviously Jaron Jackson Jr. will be back at some point, um, but they're not going to be without him for what, 20, 30 games, at least first half of the season. And he led the league in blocks. Amazing season last year, did not shoot as well as you'd hoped to, but in terms of defense, like he started really put it together was a little still dealt with some foul trouble but really put that piece together of being one of the league's best defenders don't have him he's playing around uh 22 minutes a game or 27 minutes a game then you look at kyle anderson 2.1 defensive box plus minus that's that's a massive 
rating. Actually, when when you look across the league, that is one of the best for for uh, rotation guys. He's probably one of the best DPPM guys in the league. Lost him. That's 22 minutes you don't have to fill. Then you look at DeAnthony Melton, 23 minutes. The team was a negative seven in defensive rating without him. They dropped to 116 defensive rating. And when you look on the court, that absolutely makes sense. He's guarding the, the other team's best perimeter players. He's arguably their best perimeter defender. And they lost him for, for Danny Green to, to move up. That, that, that honestly infuriated me. I didn't understand that move. He was trending up as a shooter. And he was still, again, he was, I thought he was their best perimeter defender. And who are they going to replace him with? I mean, Desmond Bain is, is a great defender too. I think he's good. But what DeAnthony Melton brought off the bench, um, they don't have any replacement for that. And Kyle Anderson, like, they have Brandon Clark, who's going to replace their rim running. But in terms of what he did defensively, that's – that's two huge holes in three when you're when you're counting Jaron Jackson Jr. I I don't see how they're going to continue to be an elite defense. And on top of that, I'm more concerned because of their fast break offense was a large part of that, creating turnovers. They're the best fast break team in the league. If they lose that fast break, their fast break ability, and they lose a big part of their identity and defense, they take a step back at least. Are they still going to be that elite team? in the regular season to start the year. Yeah, I think they're, they're, they're probably going to see them take a step back because uh, not only have they lost those two guys, but the the Grizzlies had the best bench in basketball yeah. last season. And uh, Anderson and, and Melton were two huge, huge parts of that. And they have just, they just lost that and they've brought in no replacement. So like that can be the difference of almost like, that could be the difference of like, Six to six to eight wins, maybe even more in, 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 during the regular season, and Absolutely. that's just gone now. And then you're you're looking at it and you're thinking, what is what is their expectation? Like, what is their their plan now? Do they just think they're gonna get more out of the likes of Zaire Williams and and Xavier Tillman, or do they actually have a plan of guys to to maybe sign, or they've got guys they have their eye on to to bring in either during this season or possibly even they know guys that are going to become available next year. It's, it's a bit of a weird situation. I, I say both. And one reason why I'm not super worried, I, I'm, I'm still pulling for my, for my Grizzlies this year. I'm not super worried because they have a system. And last, last year it was, it was kind of a similar sentiment of like, okay, no huge additions, like where, Where's Jaw going to get his help from to, to do anything serious? And boom, Desmond Bain. And boom, Brandon Clark is, is still good. And Ty Jones is like the, the best backup point guard who never turns the ball over. And just like all these ways that everybody contributed on this team to, to make things good. And even a guy like Xavier Tillman, like guy who comes off the bench and, and provides – a very good boost every time he gets minutes. Like everyone on this team contributes every single time that they got on the court. And I'm not going to start doubting that now. And in limited time, Santi Aldama looked pretty good. Like he was a guy that they threw out there and like, who's this guy? And he's actually pretty good. See him in the preseason looks even better. Um, John Conchar, every time he got minutes, he was a massive, massive contributor. I, I think if if you're if you're a Grizzlies fan, you you know this better than I do that 
John Conchar is going to replace a lot of what uh, Kyle Anderson did, at least from the rebounding perspective, um, and from what he can do stretching the floor. And Zaire Williams, that that's that's actually I think one of the biggest X factors this year. You saw the jump that Desmond Bain took. We forget that Zaire Williams was a rookie last year. Like he he was playing some serious minutes. He was asked to do some very serious things uh, defensively. Like some of the assignments that he got was, were surprising. And he's the guy that I think has the potential to have like a Desmond Bain jump and maybe not this year, but maybe in the future have an MIP level season. Like if, if you're, if you're wondering why is this really smart organization not making moves and not bringing people in and not trying to disrupt it, I think they believe in their culture. I think they believe in their young guys. And if you're thinking that they believe that their star players already on this team to develop alongside Ja, I, I mean, Zaire Williams has a lot of those traits. I mean, he's long. He's got the shooting. He has, he has at times the, the ability to put the ball on the floor. So he just has to put things together. And he did that in his rookie year. I mean, that's a guy I'm really paying attention to this season to, to kind of make up for these deficits that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think yeah, you you've you've often touted him and and, and his talent, and, and we've also seen the fl- we've all seen the flashes of it. And it's just a question of he's gonna have more minutes this year. It's just simple. It has to happen if he's healthy. He's gonna have more minutes because players have left and no one no one has come in. So the the opportunity is absolutely there for him to go and take it. And you think they they, they still have a very strong rotation even with with the losses. I mean, they've still got a strong starting five: Morant, Bain. Brooks, uh, probably Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Adams. Would they Adams and and JJJ can start together, right? They can play. They can play minutes together. Uh, and then you got Clark, Tillman, Jones, Concher, Williams. It's still when they are fully healthy. It's still a very strong rotation. And if we see a little bit of a jump, if Tillman can t- do a little, a little bit more, and Zaire Williams can show that he is capable of taking a, on a bigger role within this team, then you're going, almost going to forget about them losing uh, losing Anderson and losing Melton and, and forgetting the the worries that you might have had heading, in, heading into this season. Yeah. And I, I love that you went up and down the roster because just uh, everyone, you say those names, and if you watch Grizzlies basketball, like they, they bring you comfort. You're like, okay, yeah, I've, I've seen that guy contribute. I've seen that guy do things. Like, that he's good. He's solid. Like everyone seems solid. Everyone knows their job. And, you know, maybe you convince yourself that I mean, everything that I just said in the beginning, maybe that's, that's a non-issue. That's they're, they're going to stay defensively capable. Um, I, I think, I think one thing though, specifically I'm worried about in terms of not having Jaron, Jaron Jackson out there is who's defending the rim. They don't have a rim protector right now. I mean, Steven Adams is not really a, a rim protector. I mean, he's, He's a rim deterrent, but he's not he's not roaming and going across the lane and, and covering up mistakes the way that Jaron Jackson Jr. was. And that was a huge help for John Morant. John Morant's going to have to really prove that he can be at the point of attack. And he really was, I think he had some awesome offensive moments, so you don't really remember it much, but he had some really, really bad moments defensively in the playoffs last year. And that's something we could talk about the shot. We could talk about the efficiency. He's amazing. Like how much better he got as a shooter, but that defense needs to be there. And he needs to match the, the defensive discipline that this team has. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's the difference between a, a guy like Ja 
being a, a legit all star and a and a, a star in this league and being one of the best and being the guy who's leading teams to to championships and, and competing for championship year on year. Yeah. Um, zooming out a bit, uh, just we I think we look at this team. We feel pretty confident, right? They're they're going to be in the mix. Um, it, it feels like. I mean, does it feel like to you like the Grizzlies are still a year away? Like just given the improvements. Yeah, yeah. It feels like they're like in my head, I, I'm picturing the Pelicans kind of mm-hmm. or even the Timberwolves, possibly different situations, but one of them kind of doing what the Grizzlies did last year th- this season. And there and the Grizzlies kind of They'll they'll still be there. I I'd still be very shocked if they were not in the in the playoffs, even if that means they end up as a, as the seventh seed. It's not which isn't kind of crazy to think about which with the talent in the Western Conference. But yeah, it, it still feels like they're still that little bit away. This is gonna be the year where it's kind of like a a gut check where they'll still be talented. They still have Jam around. They still have a lot of talent within this roster, but they're not going to be reproduced exactly what they did last year. I, I'd be surprised if they were, if they didn't take a hit of maybe six, six or seven wins uh, compared to last year. Yeah, I, I'd agree. It, it just comes down to the fact that the West got better and teams like the Pelicans, how much better they've gotten. They have, they know who their guys are. Like the, the Grizzlies are, you're kind of trying to figure out, okay, who, Who's going to emerge? We know that these guys are going to be contributors. Who's going to emerge to be like the the true core of this if this uh, of this team? Um, and you know who it's going to be on the Pelicans. You know who it's going to be on the Nuggets. And I think a question that's going to come up later on this season for the Grizzlies because of this is you got some decisions to make in the offseason. You got the Brandon Clark extension uh, looming. It's probably not going to happen. So it, you know, what happens with Brandon Clark, Dylan Brooks, free agency? Um, and they're only a year away from paying Bain. Like, Bain's going to be a big, big, big payday. That's that's your top five shooter in the league that you that you uh, drafted. You're going to have to pay him. So there's – even though they're a year away, they're quickly approaching some key decisions to make with the makeup of this team. And I, I'm wondering if that's that kind of plays into why they went draft heavy. You know, maybe they want to see if they can they can find a replacement for guys that they're not going to be able to afford or want to pay for the future. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's probably probably fair. And speaking on Bain, I mean, the question's got to be there. I mean, is is he going to be an All Star this year? I mean, last year he was just it was it was just so unbelievably impressive, uh, averaging eighteen four and three in seventy six starts. 48% on his twos, 44% on his threes, and 90% uh, shooting at the line. This uh, increases of nine points, and obviously it was increasing both rebounds and assists as well. You're looking at it this year and thinking he can make himself absolutely untradeable this team because uh, to this team because you look at him and thinking he is almost a perfect complement to, to Jamarant. With his shooting ability and his defensive ability, he's exactly the type of guy that you want next to Jam Morant to moving this team forward. Yeah, next step for him is is All Star. That that's that's the next step for him because he it, it's tough to kind of break into that conversation in your first year, but 
he has the numbers and he's he's consistently going to get better um that that i think is where when we when you're talking about best case scenarios for this team um if the grizzlies are still there they're still in the top four they're still in that championship echelon at the end of the season like my, my checklist for this team is like um bain is an all-star that, that's what it would take bain, bain's bain if he's not in the all-star game like he's on that cusp he's right there and on top of that like zaya williams is like uh he's getting he's getting a couple most improved votes and, and jaron jackson's healthy like if that comes together like that's that's what it is bain, bain is going to be the, the core piece of that though like he goes from being like a sidekick to jaw to being like a second star to jaw Oh yeah, I think that can that could definitely happen. I think that will happen this year. I think you'll be looking at that at Morant and Desmond Bain come come the end of next year as one of the best backcourts in the entire NBA. Mm. I think they're that I think they're that capable. I and like I think the sound of that. In terms of All Star, let's just remember Andrew Wiggins was an All Star last year. <laughs> I, I, I think that's no, rough. I think Desmond Bain can do it this year. Every every the, the Western Conference, every everyone is gonna be everyone is snubbed at some point. Everybody is snubbed. Um can Kenny all, all I care about is Kenny Lofton Jr. Can he get some minutes on his team? I, I, I need to see him on an NBA court. I mean I have to the world I, needs to see I, him on an NBA court. I have to assume he'll get he'll get some minutes uh within within the within the team, especially with the with the injuries they have and uh and a few other things. You have to think we'll get to see him. We'll get to see him on, on uh, at some point. But uh, th- just thinking with the with the Grizzlies, we kind of said how we feel with the, with them. I'm gonna just try out the compare them to the other teams that were in the uh, were in the playoffs last year and see if you're taking them over over the Grizzlies. So the Pelicans. Hmm. I'm taking in a seven game series. Is that what we're saying? So if we're if we're saying fast forward, fast or even forward just even playoff, just this season, this season who's going to be who regular who season? Who will finish higher? Regular season. All right, regular season. You have to take the Pelicans. You have to take the Pelicans. I'm gonna be smart. Dallas. I. I have to take Dallas. Okay, Denver. Hmm. I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take Grizzlies. I think I think their I think their defense and their rotation is gonna be there and it's gonna take a minute for the, the Nuggets to get themselves healthy and sorted. Okay, I think I know the answer with the Clippers and the Warriors. So uh, uh what about the Suns? Suns. You have to go Suns. Uh finally the Timberwolves. You know, no, I, I think you have to go to rules. Okay, okay. So, final word on that then. I, 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 in my head, the Grizzlies will be the sixth or seventh seed in the Western Conference. What, what, what do you think? That's, I mean, how many, how many teams did I just uh, pick? That was, that was stressful. Yeah, I didn't like that. Two, you, you made three, me, four, of four. all the teams, you made me pick against <laughs> my Western Conference team. You didn't do that for anybody else. Yeah, you pick six teams ahead of them, so you're thinking they're gonna be. I'm, the I'm picking them in the plan. Oh, I. 
depends on see the thing is it depends when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back. That's that's when this team levels up. Um and that I, I think it it can't be overstated what a difference he made. That that's that's all it comes down to for me for me. If he comes back healthy like early, which is kind of a pipe dream because they're gonna take their time with a foot injury. Yeah. Um but th- those that just speaks out. I mean, the West Conference is so good. Those teams are are ready and those teams are healthy. And I know that everyone's gonna say like the Timberwolves are brand new, they gotta figure it out. Like, but Rudy Gobert is a plug and play. Like that's he's he's going to generate you regular season success. That's tough. That that's really tough to, to see if you see the Grizzlies in the plan. Um, and it's tough for whoever has to play them in the plan because you're not, I don't think you're beating them, no matter who who it is. But yeah, I mean, that's reality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Force me to say it. That's the way it is. I gotta gotta be crashy. And that's I think that's actually gonna that finish. Mean. Well, it was mean, but it's gonna finish <laughs> off our uh, our previews ahead of the new season. It's gonna finish off the Western Conference, but we'll have a little bit of fun to finish off and we'll make our picks for uh, the various awards and a few other things to to finish the season. So I'll set you off with an easy one. Who will win MVP? Who's gonna win MVP? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Luka Doncic. I mean, we said we said it last year, and we're saying it again. So between it's between him and Embiid, and I, I think Doncic is up. I I think he's, I think the the Mavs are gonna be more successful in the 76ers this year, and that's gonna to lead to to Doncic winning it. I'm actually gonna disagree on that part, and I think it's gonna be Embiid. Gonna I think Embiid. they want Embiid to win it, and I think he's gonna have another another great year. So I'm gonna go with Embiid. And what about Rookie of the Year? I, it's it's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be Paolo. The, the Magic are not gonna be bad. I think they're gonna be actually pretty solid. Like they're gonna be playing level potentially, and Paolo's gonna be their their lead guy. I, I think he's gonna prove he's gonna show a lot of a lot of freakish things with his size on the ball. It's gonna be Paolo. Yeah, I think it's Paolo Banqueros to lose, especially with the the fact that we're not gonna see. See Chet Holmgren at all this year? I think Jay yeah. Ivey could could maybe cook challenge close, maybe even Keegan Murray. But I think it's definitely uh definitely Paolo Banqueros to lose. Do you have a, do you have a dark horse horse though? I, I have a dark horse. Hit me with a dark I, horse. Benedict Matherin. Yes, I love that. I Benedict Matherin. You you've turned me around on him, but uh, it, it'll be tough to beat Banquero because the Magic will be good. Again, the Pacers will probably not be good. I don't think they'll be good, but he he's. He's the type of player that if he if he gets a hot start, he's he's going to be an explosive guy. He could get some votes, but right. probably yeah. Bankero. Yeah, and uh, what about de- defensive player of the year, Tyler Hero, so he can win his his one million dollar incentive. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about that? As an aside, they they put that in his contract. If he wins <laughs> defensive too. player of the year, yeah, if he wins the defensive player of the year, they'll, they'll give him a million dollars. <laughs> That's such a Pat Riley thing to do. Um, I I think Bam. I, I I'm gonna pick Bam. I would have been disappointed if you didn't say Bam. I, I, he's always been your guy. You've always believed in him. He's just the fact that he hasn't been on the floor enough to win it. I think you've always been backing him. But I think Rudy Rudy Gobert is gonna is gonna take the the crown back. Obviously, there's maybe a bit of a. Uh, Bit of fatigue, the fact that he's won it three times already, but I think he's going to come into the war or to the Timberwolves 
and makes such a big impact that it's going to be so noticeable and he's going to he's going to take the crown. Mm. All right, then we got a couple, just the three more coach of the year. Um that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um usually that's like for a team that's going to make the biggest jump. And for for reference, like I've had no prep time, so this is again another mean exercise. Uh a team that's going to like make a big jump um and it's a big narrative thing and usually a newer coach so i'm gonna go chris finch for the timberwolves bingo my, is my, that the right my, answer my, my pick as well <laughs> i go i'm going i'm going with chris finch too and then uh what's gonna be the surprise what player or team are gonna are gonna surprise everyone this year whether that be oh. in a positive or negative way i don't think it's gonna be a surprise oh actually all right you you tell me yours first. You tell me yours first. I'm gonna I'm gonna be do something crazy that I never do and believe in the New York Knicks and say the Knicks are gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> yes. The Knicks yes! are gonna make the playoffs. Yes. Yes. How how does that happen? How does that happen? Playing. Just give, Playing, give, give me no, but give me your what 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 amazing thing happens that that's that's coming true. Give me your R- give me your headline. RJ happens. That's what that's what goes down. Brunson immediately makes an impact randall yes. is not a complete idiot the defense comes back and <laughs> just just distill it. it down to that randall is not a complete idiot and we make the play <laughs> rough but okay i love it oh that that made me so happy to hear you say that um <laughs> i'm glad to see you high before the before the regular season starts that's a good place to be um that could only go completely right for you the, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say Pelicans because this has become kind of like a, a Pelicans pod this summer, but that's, we've, we've harped too long on them. I will say the Raptors because I think they'd surprise me, but not super surprise me, I guess, because you look at Scotty Barnes and he's a kind of guy that I believe has a, um, a year two leap in store like a big year to leap and the way the Raptors play, how deep they are, how well they're coached. I think that they have the right pieces and they have the right mentality. They have the right system to just wreak havoc on the league. If, if they are a top four team in the East next year, I'm, I'm like shocked, but not like, I, I understand why. Like, I think if things come together for that team, especially with how good Pascal Siakam was, like that's that's a team that I think could surprise everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good pick. And then to finish it all out, make your call. Who's gonna win it all? A win it all. We're not even doing most improved. That's my favorite. That's my favorite award every year. Okay, fine. Before we get to who wins it all, who's <laughs> most improved? Who's gonna be most improved? Uh, well, since the Knicks are making the playoffs, it's RJ Barrett, obviously. Boom! Easy peasy. Well, uh, I hope that I hope he's at least uh, type of in in the conversation for that. That's uh, that that'll be a, a real big uh, positive. I, I think I'd be make the same pick there because I think he's going to have a big jump. Whether it's enough to win it, whether it's enough to lead the Knicks back to the playoffs, we will wait and see. But I think he's definitely going to be a guy who's going to be in and around that conversation. Championship. Um, I'm going to make you pick again. Well, I'm going to surprise you here, and I'm going to put faith in my boy out there in Philly. I am going oh. to put my faith in James Harden actually 
being James Harden again and Doc Rivers showing that he is still one of the best coaches in this league. And the Philadelphia <laughs> 76ers are gonna are gonna shock are gonna surprise. Like talent's definitely there, they've built well, but they have to actually do it in the playoffs for me to when it like when has Doc Rivers showed that he's still one of the best like that that's he's I, been I don't, slowly I don't know how that works. Uh, dropping down. I'm saying this is he's this is the best roster he's had to work with in a while. Now it's if, if there's still any elements of his uh, ability to coach there, we gotta we gotta show it. I I'd say I'd I'd correct that to say that Doc Rivers has had the best rosters throughout his career. I don't know if I'm gonna say he's the best coach throughout throughout the years, but another time for another day. I like that pick though. I I do I do believe in Embiid this year. Just not Harden. I can't can't get behind it still. Um, if I am gonna pick. I'm not going to be corny and say the Bulls is it's looking tough this year. Um, it's tough not to say the Warriors, but I think I think the Bucks. I have to pick the Bucks. Looking looking at what the what the Bucks did last year without um, Chris Middleton, I, I think that Giannis is still the best player in this league. Um, he is. He's. I think he's like turning into like LeBron status, where he should win the MVP like every year, but he's not going to. And I think as a if they're healthy, that's the team I'm picking. They have they have just the most complete team around the best player in the league. I'm picking the box. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that is totally fair. And it's just brilliant that we both pick Eastern Conference teams after hyping up how great the, the Western Conference is now. Hey, but we said first the Eastern <laughs> East East is taking over the, the West, I think, this year. This is this is the year where it's actually happened. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's for sure. And I think that that's gonna do it for, for today's episode. And that's gonna do it for our previews ahead of the new season. We did it. We, we did it. We got it, we got them all in. Baby, the NBA is back, and that's what's the most important thing. Tuesday, uh nighttime, early morning for anyone in Europe. Uh nice uh two nice games. Uh the Philadelphia 76ers against the Celtics and then the Lakers against the Warriors. So that's all going down on Tuesday. The NBA is officially back then. Thank you all very much for listening. I am Ronan Game. My thanks to Chris for joining me on this uh, very long, very long episode, but a very, uh, very fun episode too. And thank you all very much for listening. And if you like what you're hearing, Please subscribe and follow us on all your favorite social channels. From Twitter to TikTok, we are everywhere at Coast to Coast NBA. And remember, take every shot and love every moment. Peace out.